get my uh, intro up so I can fuck it up two or three times. Uh, <clears throat> it's Tuesday, February 9th, 2021. Welcome to DeFi Download. I'm John T. With me is the Curb. How's it going, Curb? Good. Great, man. Every week we tackle the toughest questions in decentralized finance. Follow us at DeFi underscore download on Twitter. Toss us your DeFi questions. We'll cover them on the show. So uh, another big week. Just stacking them up. Yeah, it's it 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 that's 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 the bull run. Yeah. Um it just like the... keeps building until it stops. <laughs> so it's like every week is better and more eventful than the previous week, which just adds an extra little layer of anxiety, like feeling like uh, should I take profits? Uh, should I get yeah. out? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's you're you're the guys playing music on the Titanic, um, but you know there's a there's a lot of lifeboats. One more <laughs> new, jam. New people are getting on. Uh, yeah. no, that's you know that's that, I think that's just two people speaking from the perspective of having kind of been here a bit before. I don't know this is my second uh, bull cycle. How many? How many is it for you? Two as well. Uh, it's like my third, but it's it's weird to even talk about that way because the first. The first run was like Bitcoin going from 20 to 800, you know, and it was like, oh, okay, whatever. But yeah. it's just the numbers are mind boggling compared to the original cycles. And so, so that even informs the anxiety layer because it's just like, you know, Bitcoin's close to 50,000. It's like, well, how, what, how, it, uh, there's this extra layer of just generalized disbelief. Right. Yeah. And, you, then, you and then it. frustration because at one point I had a hundred of them and, I used it for things because I believed <laughs> in the idea of digital cash and yeah, we've all made some mistakes. left, but yeah. not a hundred. <laughs> well, you, I think you anchor a little bit in when you got in, like the, when I first got in, Bitcoin was like $700 and like, yeah, I bought a bunch of crap coins. And then I also used like the service to like buy stuff on Amazon for like 20% discounts, which was really dumb to do because you're buying it with, you know, at that point it was like $2,000 Bitcoin or something like that. And you kind of learn over time. That's not like the strategy. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, we're talking about kind of like where a cycle is and kind of, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of heat, a lot of fervor right now around Bitcoin, obviously going up, ETH going up. Some of the other I think there is some like healthy turnover right now with just some of the, you know, the old coins that have just been hanging around that no one uses, like your, your, uh, like Dash, uh, like Bitcoin SV, like all these random Bitcoin forks, Bitcoin Cash, just crap, all these random old ETH killers that never really, you know, people came to fruition. You know, it's like they're they're kind of dropping out. Um, yeah, people consolidating all of that into Doge. <laughs> <laughs> Doge is always going to be there. Doge will always pop. I did. I, I did have. I did have a friend who. So and I've. You know. And this is the the frustrating part. Being someone who's kind of in it. Like, I'm not someone who goes out to all my friends. Like, I'm not and like tells them to buy crypto and like pulls them in and says, "Hey, you got to do this." And I'm not the guy that has friends that ping him all the time, like for you know trading advice or anything like that. But I, I, I drip it into conversations to people like, "Hey, like Bitcoin, it's pretty low." you know if you're interested in getting involved they can tell you more about it and like you yeah, maybe if you want to start like you know setting up an auto buy yada 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 you can kind of do that and you do that throughout the whole bear market and then i got a friend who's a surgeon like texts me and is like hey like should i get into doge like what do you think <laughs> it's like 
no and it's like I, i'm like it's a joke but i'm not saying it's a joke like i would say like oh this this project that's like close to a scam or just something that didn't really pan out is, is a joke and like oh this market cap's a joke like no doge is a literal joke it was literally started as a, joke. a joke it's intended <laughs> to be a joke like sure it could go up more it's gonna go down a lot more and then it's probably gonna go back up again at some other point and i've no you have no idea when i think the 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 funny part of the way that the crypto bull runs and just the markets and crypto markets in general like work is that there's there's this very serious layer of like the future of finance and and things like i think we'll talk about in a minute like like you know tesla putting you know and, and like micro strategies you know putting like legit amounts of their treasury into bitcoin but then you also have this layer of the shit posters and the trolls and the you know like like the pepe frogs just kind of having fun with it in a way that you don't get in normal markets in the same way because it's so regulated and it's so sincere and they have this so so there's always just this also this layer of like literally a coin called ponzi coin that yeah. doesn't try to be anything but a ponzi scheme and it works and it's like and, for a and while it, yeah yeah and i love that that sort of forces you to take a look at the effect fact that like the extent to which the entirety of the financial system and modern economies are just made up anyway like they're just human constructs for the exchange and representation of value so that we can not murder one another over resources but yeah, I mean, they're like they're, they're <laughs> money is just coin. literally a joke doesn't mean it doesn't have value if we all agree it has value but we also all agree that it's a joke Right. And, you know, I, I, I said it's a joke. Then I was like, no, I need to qualify that. Like, I need to qualify that it is like, ex like explicitly, specifically intended to be a it joke. Was launched I, as a mockery of Bitcoin yeah. that people were like, hey, we like this. We're going to pump enough value into it to eventually sponsor a NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it speaks to the fact that, you know, money's just uh, belief system. It's like a shared belief system. You all believe this thing's kind of worth it and it makes it, you know, transacting easier. And then when that belief fails, you have, a, you know, for one reason or another, then that currency fails and then something else kind of rises up in its place. Now where, and I think that speaks to why there are these fervent communities. Because if, you know, religions start as cults, it's like it's a crazy, some crazy person over there, like screaming about why they have the right religion and then they get enough people following them and then it gets institutionalized at some point and then it's then it's accepted as a religion it's not like a cult anymore you know i'm i've been around for a bit but like i wasn't here like in you know 2011 or 13 you know when like there was i guess the, the gox crash and there's all these ogs here from especially like the bitcoin side that it's just it's just really cringe now and i think we're starting to see a little bit of them getting pushed out where there's people like we're gonna live in bitcoin citadels if like you don't have you know if you don't have bitcoin like fuck you um and just really aggressive and they, they just don't make good arguments um and you know then you have folks like you know i really enjoy what everything like nick carter writes like i think he does great descriptions for like the value proposition of bitcoin and crypto as a whole and has like very balanced views of like oh i see the value in ethereum and then like i'm willing to see how some of these other chains play out um, to see if they provide value, not like, oh, anything that's not Bitcoin is a scam. 
And like, th- that's as dangerous as, you know, someone calling Bitcoin a scam. And it's like, right. it's tough for people coming in to know where to like point them well, to say like, this is where, you know. I, as I was saying that stuff about religion, I was thinking, uh, I'm probably going to need to cut this because it's not going <laughs> to make sense. But like, it, it does sort of, because even in the religious, co- like, this is it's back to that thing of, of like, why the maxis are ridiculous. Uh, and I, and I don't mean like internally, like I don't, you know, I understand why they, uh, believe what they believe and I understand their arguments for that kind of stuff, but like, just even look at religions, right? Like something like a religion that is so important to people's, you know, being and like world models and whatever, right. Over all of this time of, of human, like human, the evolution of human society, we have a bunch of religions that have evolved right and you kind of have like the five big ones whatever but like the idea that we're going to have just bitcoin as a currency it just doesn't even even if you want to say it's based on cults of personality and whatever like it doesn't even line up with how religions end up shaking out right like they have we've ended up with a bunch of branches the idea that you're going to take digital you're going to take money and digitize it and somehow that's going to cause us to have fewer branches of the tree it's just like a misunderstanding of how technology behaves. So yeah, it's not even like, I don't even care about their arguments about Bitcoin as a medium of an exchange and why it's going to be the one. That's not how technology works. It's going to fill every tiny little crack. And so you're going to have a different version of everything for every different application. And that's ultimately what I think we're seeing with DeFi and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, Bitcoin has its purpose, but it's also not good at other things. And right. Stuff that's better is popping up. Yeah, and, um, and just like um, you know, Bitcoin, like religion, it's you know, I guess Bitcoin more just like religion. It's there's an initial set of like rules and you know ideas, but then it's the people that kind of run with it that you know create what it becomes. Right? It's not like it, it was set at the beginning and like that's it. Like Bitcoin changes. There's code changes. It changes over right. time, <laughs> and it's like you know, like going to start your own church somewhere is like running your own node. Right? It's like I've got this set of rules in the Bible or whatever. And like, I'm just going to run everything based on these rules. And you have this distributed set of nodes that are all like running this religion. And it's like, it's fairly similar. And there's, I was literally you know, saying this the other day that, that Christianity was a fork of Judaism. Yeah. And, and then, and then like Protestantism was a fork of Catholicism. And yeah, can, Islam can was really a fork of Christianity. It like, it's, it's yeah. all the same. It's all the, it's, it's turtles all the way down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i guess get, to get back to the point like the the struggle is you know to get back to i think you know the, the one thing that we had in our prep this week was elon musk announcing that finally that tesla has like one and a half billion dollars of bitcoin on its balance sheet and it, that's just you know it's it's the biggest headline but it's micro strategy has like i don't know like 60 billion, 100 billion. I don't even know how much they have now on their balance sheet. Uh, their pension funds that are putting it into the funds. There's like Square had like a billion dollars or half a billion dollars on their balance sheet. That's now just Bitcoin that's just going essentially in this vault uh, that, you know, they're using some custodian or whatever to store it. But it's just that's Bitcoin that's not moving for a while and just coming out of circulation. And I think, you know, anyone that knows anything about markets sees like, oh, like there's, you know, at least for the foreseeable future in our lifetime, like I don't think there's going to be a change in the supply schedule of Bitcoin. Like we can address right. that. It, it it goes to zero in 2140. So I'm not particularly worried about it right now, but 
you can look at it and say, wow, there's not much being created every day and a lot of it's locked up. And if enough of these institutions keep doing this, there's just not going to be enough available. And then that drives the price up. But then people say, okay, well, I understand that. But like, what is it? <laughs> like, yeah, why are they doing it? Well, right. And so to, I think to wrap up the religion analogy, it, you know, when you see somebody like Elon Musk say, hey, we're making this big move with our company, that's kind of the equivalent of like when the king of England is like, you know what, we're switching the country to this, right? Like, yeah, it, exactly. It, it's, it's that level of proclamation, like not to say that they are the kings of the world of capitalism, but in a sense they yeah. are. He is the richest what person we're looking in the at world. Here is like, if it becomes a best practice to hold Bitcoin on your balance sheet, then yeah, that ends up being tied up Bitcoin. So, you know, and, and, and it's interesting watching like the financial channels and stuff talk about it. Cause you still get that thing where like, even the, the, the people still are just barely understanding it. And so more and more compared to previous years, you can tell that the person like the host of whatever, you know, squawk box show it is like gets it more and more, but then they still say those things where it's like, okay, you still don't understand this little piece of it. Right. So they, well, so they say the supply is limited. It's like, well, yes, they say it because it's in the code and I don't know how to help you. You know, it becomes one of those almost generational things where it's sort of like, I don't know how to explain to people that didn't grow up with computers, how rigid computer code is like, you just can't run it if it's not the right code. So there's no, when I say there will only ever be that many Bitcoins, well, when, when they put some things like what that's, that's what's how it's going to be. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, when the pilgrims, where are they, where were they Protestant or something? Like when they weren't happy with religion in England, they forked, but guess what? If you want to start your own religion, like you need, you need bodies, you need people to follow you, you need, it's it's hard. So like, yeah, anyone can change the supply of Bitcoin, but can you get enough of the hash power, enough of the mind share, enough of the validators to uh, follow you? Um, and that's, no one's been able to do that yet. But, you know, it's, 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 like you said, it might be a generational thing. It's an amorphous concept. Like you could at any point change your mind and think that Bitcoin Cash is a true Bitcoin. And just call it Bitcoin. And like, that's your opinion. Sure. But like you're in the minority and in this structure that's enforced by mathematics, like your opinion uh, is is being proven to be less valuable. Um, and it is what it is. So, yeah, it's uh, it. You know, the more it gets institutionalized, you know, I don't I'm not in the camp of like, oh, we're going to go and like it'll be the reserve currency of the world and. X amount of time, but I'm, you know, if you start seeing the dollar losing some of its, um, some of its strength compared to like the euro or, um, the, you know, China or whatever, um, then you could see smaller nations starting to keep Bitcoin, other nations starting to keep Bitcoin because there's more uncertainty in what assets they're going to need. And they're like, well, I don't know what assets I need to do business X here, there, or over there. Because now not, you know, now it's not just dollars for buying oil. I can use other currencies. Well, maybe I just start holding something in Bitcoin. So I'm pretty sure it's going to go up relative to all the other ones. And then I'll just buy into whatever I need when I need it. And I think that's kind of this next phase. And it'll be interesting to see who who's going to be the first country, you know, pops up um, and says, yeah, we've got some, we're, we're holding some as well. 
Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is, like, this gets to that place of of talking about it. Like, you know, is it like gold or is it like whatever? Like, it 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 ends up feeling closer to something like gold when you consider that it exists sort of outside of the financial system in a way, right? Like, it it doesn't. Uh, that is to say, like it it its value. Yeah, we talk about its value in dollars because it's sort of like the reserve currency of the world right now, but it doesn't care what the price of a dollar is. Yeah. So, so, so in that way, it's more like gold where you're just sort of like, well, let's get some gold and we know that that'll be worth something in whatever currency rises to be the one that the world cares about as globalism sort of diffuses the economies of, of everything, you know, and like hearing uh, Michael Saylor from MicroStrategies talk about it, you know, it just, I get it. It makes sense. Right. I mean, especially now while we're issuing like, like $2 trillion, $2 trillion, like, you know, I was going to call it incentive package, uh, 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 airdrop relief, relief packages. Yeah. Airdrop to all Americans, you know, like it, it, it just means you're going to have this, you know, you got to consider that a company like Apple has $300 billion just sitting in cash just to use as cash for acquisitions and things. Like that's a constantly depreciating asset in that space where, where Bitcoin as volatile as it might be like week over week or month over month is going up like 200% a year well, for 10 years. Yeah, it, so it becomes the point where Apple can't buy semiconductors and thing in, uh, you know, rare earth metals it needs for its phones in dollars anymore. Um, do you want to start diversifying your assets into other currencies to hedge that risk which i'm sure they do some hedging you know with futures or whatever or do you start saying oh well i'm just gonna hedge against everything i'm just gonna hedge against all of it um with with something like bitcoin so um but in that yeah, sense the, it, uh, it just makes sense right and so yeah. i guess all of that feels like a protracted way of saying i there's no reason not to think that it's going to pass through 50,000 and get to 100,000 or whatever, right? And it's going to have to be 100,000 if Apple's going to start grabbing some. Like if it becomes standard corporate strategy for the big 50 biggest companies in the world, never mind countries, to hold some of this stuff, like it, it, the, it doesn't change the scarcity picture. And so it's going to yeah, have to keep it, going it, up in value or because it's becoming more scarce because people have it locked away as a, as a, you know, a hoard. So... Yeah, um, as you know, I guess to frame it in context, like last time around, the previous all-time high was like thirteen hundred or something like that. So then, you know, I got in like right before that bull run started, coming out of two thousand sixteen and two thousand seventeen. I don't know when it first broke the previous all-time high. I guess it was like early two thousand seventeen, and then it was just up, 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 up with a couple like twenty, thirty percent pullbacks until peaking uh, at the end of the year, um, end of two thousand seventeen, at like close to twenty grand. But then it, you know, spent six months going down all the way to six, slugged around for a little bit and crashed to three, like basically one year later after its peak. And then it just grinded along for a few years. So the question is not, you know, it's it's, the important question isn't almost like how high will it go this cycle? It's what will the bottom of the next cycle be? So the last one, it was 3000 ish dollars. Like I think it was like 3,300 or something like that which is still over the previous all-time high, which was 1400 So you, you stretch out the math, previous all-time high was like 20 So like, will it ever pe- 
you know, go back below 50, we'll go to 200 or 300 and then come back down to 50, 60, whatever. And I think the, you know, the big question is when's the last cycle where we have these big pullbacks and then it just becomes something that's less volatile and continues going up or just has like more regular fluctuations on like this, you know, random path upwards. And that's what we don't know. And I think every time a new corporate entity is saying it's holding it on its balance sheet, um, once we see sovereign nations coming out saying it's, you know, on their balance sheet, like it just, I don't even think necessarily as much of the like top price because that's going to be the you know the euphoria blow off top but like it raises the floor in my opinion right Right. it's like right it can only go down so much because like you said like there's even to sell into it like it could be volatile but like there's just you know they're not going to be swing trading it they're not going to sell the top and like ride it fly it down like they're just holding on the balance sheet it's going to be there for decades right yeah and that's the big that's the thing you know if you're talking about a 10-year plan which, you know, it's constantly my thing, right? Which is why I appreciate what Sailor keeps saying when people say, well, what about the volatility? It's like, well, on a 10-year scale, Bitcoin has appreciated 5,000% or whatever, right? So, uh, you know, so so yeah, it's, it's volatile here. He's like, but, you know, if you're talking about the balance sheet or the treasury of this giant corporation, you're talking about a 10-year you know, situation and why would you hold it in currency, which is going to depreciate 20% a year ish, you know, if not more, depending on the state of the world and, and countries versus this one that, you know, yes, it's volatile, but as more and more people realize uh, its stability will only continue to appreciate. And in that way, it's like gold, right? Like you, you the more people that hoard it, the more it's going to go up in value. Um, yeah, just as a store know. of value, right? Uh, We've all the, seen the, the craziest, like the craziest thing about Bitcoin to me, and this, this goes back to the trying to explain it thing. It, it, and it's really hard to, I think, even people who have grown up with computers and stuff, like it's it's hard to get your head around how it works. But like when people say, well, what's the value of Bitcoin? The value of Bitcoin is the elect, like it, it, <laughs> The value of Bitcoin is the security of its network. And so it's this recursive value proposition that like breaks people's brains, but they say, well, why would this network have this much value? Well, because it's imagine it's gold, except it continues to gain value the longer that it continues to be gold. That's it. That's all it has to do. It doesn't have to continue to be used in jewelry you don't have to have people continue to care about gold for the arbitrary reasons that we do or the practical ones that we do in an engineering context i mean we do need it for electronics and stuff but like bitcoin it gets its value you you earn your bitcoins by providing security to the network and and then and then ultimately continuing to provide security and authorized transactions etc like so it ends up being this recursive thing. As long as everyone in there wants the network to still be secure for the storage of their money or their value, then the network continues to be secure. And And I understand why that ends up like when you say, well, what, what's the, what's the real value of Bitcoin? I, I don't know how to, like it. Yeah. It, it's, it's reliability, security and reliability. Self-sustaining. Yeah. Uh, and self-sovereign you you uh, yourself can always validate like the state of the chain 
like you can run your own validate or whatever. Overwhelming majority of people won't do that, but you know, it's going to do what it's going to do. And you actually have the, the personal right and ability to make sure you only ever transact on the chain that you want to transact on. You don't have to acknowledge any forks. You can do it yourself. Now, most people aren't going to do that, but if you're, if you're taking for granted, it's made it this far by being reliable and secure, like that's, that's, it's, you know, that's, that's the value prop. <laughs> like it's, you can't rely on any fiat currency because it can be, you know, printed um, and inflated just, you know, ad hoc, you know, Bitcoin can't, you, you, you don't get any say in whether or not the government is doing 2 trillion or 1 trillion or hits their budgets or doesn't hit their budget. You can vote people in or out of positions, but that's proven to not really matter. Um, so this is just another option and it's math. So there's no politics to it. Um, there's politics on the surface level for like, oh, like what's its fork and like this is the real one or whatever, but like you still have the final choice yourself for like which one you want to interact with. Right. Um, I guess it's made it pretty far without saying saying DeFi. So we wrap it up real quick with yeah, uh, right. <laughs> what's the what's the DeFi version of this? Because you know, Bitcoin's a monetary asset. And like, you know, a lot of people still like to say ETH is money too. And like I, I'm in the camp, like, let's see ETH two get out and right be live for a bit and we'll, we'll talk. Um, it's not in its final form yet. So like, sure, fine. Um, I want ETH. I don't want ETH to go up that high because then just everything I do in DeFi just costs more money, which is kind of depressing to take cost $60 to trade on Uniswap. The, the interesting thing with, with ETH is it's, it's more in my previous analogy, it's more akin to gold than Bitcoin is right. Like Bitcoin is, is I think, not as effective as cash, although that's what they built it for. Uh, but it is really effective as, as a store of value. Uh, ETH, like because it has a use, if only to pay gas fees so you can do other things on the network, is really closer to gold in the sense of like gold can only be so crazy expensive or else people can't buy rings made of it anymore. And then it stops working for a good bit of what we care about gold for and then it gets weird right like and like i said they need it for electronics and stuff so like eth is interesting because it's and it's in that sense it's a little closer to gold right like it's possibly a place to store value but there's also this market of companies actually needing the gold to build electronics or spacecrafts or jewelry or you know there's this there's this sub market of you know people who need it to not be too expensive or else they can't do what they need to do. And so that's, that's the place where I kind of tend to like in my mental model, ETH trends that direction a little bit insofar as you can't get too expensive or else I can't do app things, dap things that I need right. to do. And, and you are already seeing people leaving to go to other chains. Well, and the solution is just, you know, it's hard enough to get a, a public blockchain crypto network up and running, but to do then another other layers on top of it, like the, you know, the existing solutions right now are all these like layer two things on Ethereum where basically it's still super expensive to transact on Ethereum, but you just don't do it that much. You do everything over here on these other layers that are just as secure or have some trade-offs and then things can resolve back to Ethereum in batches or something like that. Um, 
so you can retain some of the security of of ethereum but not necessarily have to pay pay the fees and like that kind of makes sense but it's just it's a whole other coordination mechanism so like oh which layer two solution are we going to use i don't know i think this one's great i think this one's great it's like well if you guys don't agree like we don't have the same composability and it's just not you know all the liquidity is still here all the apps are over here like you need everyone to kind of come together to make this stuff useful um so i don't it'll be interesting to see if any of these other chains do catch on before e2 gets going but as far as like the you know, we're talking about the escape velocity moment for Bitcoin, which is just like you get enough of it locked up in treasuries and pension funds and all this stuff. And there's just not that much there anymore. But then what creates that floor is is that value as well. But like, so what's the version of DeFi? And I think it's, you know, there's legitimate functional products right now that are pretty mature that are doing things. Like I think the lending protocols and exchanges are like the most you know, the most well-known, right? You have like Uniswap and then you have things like Compound and Aave. And, you know, I think it's already starting to happen with some more crypto-focused financial institutions. But I think if in this cycle, we can start seeing, you know, lower tier banks or other financial institutions start to like actually keep assets, you know, in DeFi. And, you know, it's, it's using it more as a service at that point. They're not using it at the app layer and they're interacting with it like, you know, intermittently and maybe it's cheap for users because they're interacting with a centralized platform that just you know batches of transactions at the end of the day and spends you know two hundred dollars to like move it into ethereum but it's okay because they're moving like fifty thousand dollars like it doesn't you know it's a lower amount of money um if we can start to see that because right now you look at it and you're like well everything's going up all the DeFi tokens are going up like that's great but is it just because people can't sell because it costs too much money <laughs> or right. is there something here and that you know if you're starting to see things like ave i think has probably the best tokenomics right now for something that could go institutional or get institutional adoption in some capacity where there's an actual flow of you know hey here's fees on every loan there's a loan origination fee there's a fee on the you know the interest that you pay that flows here to the token, which the tokens also use to secure the protocol and provide some backstop in case there is some loss due to hack or something like that. And like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. And it's also used for like voting on some things or some governance to it. And like, it's starting to look more like a real corporate structure, but it's, you know, at the baseline, it's a service. And I, you know, you don't, I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, I'm going to go to Bank Ave. I'm going to walk in there and like take out a loan, but you might interface with another bank where you're keeping some dollars but in the back end they're putting it into usdc and just pumping it in ave and earning you good interest and then you can you maybe hold other crypto assets maybe stocks become available on chain and those can be held and then you can just like take out loans against your um against your assets and it's just a much easier interface and platform you're going through a centralized service but you know that's what i'll be interested to see is like i you know i was trying to explain to my friend he was asking me about like, you know, all this stuff going up. It's like, where do you find this stuff? It's like, well, I, I I would have been open to teach you how to use Uniswap like a year ago. Like it's, it's too expensive and it's too hard now. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm, like people don't start asking. I mean, and this happens in traditional markets. Like it, people don't start asking around until it's so frothy that you're like, don't get into everything is going to go down now <laughs> at some point. Right. Uh, and especially like the DeFi stuff, like there's no, there's a there's a concept, you know, in traditional markets of of you know fundamentals, right? Like returning to fundamentals. And you have this weird thing where like the reason that Tesla breaks the brains of analysts is because 
it's so far away from the fundamentals of what Tesla should be worth based on their output, you know, in cars and their income and revenue, et cetera. And, and that's why they call it a meme, meme stock, which, you know, it's not unlike a meme token, but like right. no one knows what the fundamentals are underlying a lot of this DeFi stuff. And so you can, you know, try to do the math to understand what's going on. But the reality is, you know, 10 years from now, some of it's going to still be there as a thing that is, you know, a, 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 like a solid, trustworthy way to make money off your money, you know, the way that like a checking a, a savings account works now. And then some of them are going to be completely gone. And so when people come to me and say, oh, should I get in on this one or that one? I'm like, look, I am, I understand and I'm confident in the fundamentals of Bitcoin and Ether. And literally everything else, I don't know what to tell you. Like, have fun, <laughs> but be prepared for it to drop 80% overnight. Um, yeah, even Ether is still, and, I've, and I'll, then I'll add on, even Ether, still the fundamentals are squishy, right? Like, so yeah. so just who knows, right? And it, But it sounds like ultimately what you're saying is once those fundamentals are solid enough that, you know, banks with like, a risk management team are willing to say, look, this seems stable enough for us to have a play in so that we can grow the money of our, you know, uh, uh, clients uh, ultimately like that's the escape velocity moment for DeFi, which is kind of the equivalent of, of what we were saying. Like inst once the institutions are saying, oh, okay, this is a safe way to do this. And you can kind of watch a gradient of institutions, right? Cause I mean, I know, Last time Bitcoin was, you know, on the rise, everybody was talking about the pension funds and the like, you know, the the uh, endowment funds at colleges and stuff like getting in on crypto. And it was there was the big, you know, it's like, OK, well, so that's a different side of the risk, you know, tolerance spectrum when it comes to institutions. Uh, you know, currently we're not seeing any of that in DeFi, I don't think. Right. It's not a lot of institutional interest in Ave, you know, unless 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 you got my Mark Cuban's generalized interest counts for something, but <laughs> yeah, definitely, I don't think there's significant interest in the assets. But it, I don't know, my my gut feeling is it'll be interest in the services first, and then assets right. second, right. Um, and that's what can create that possible like baseline. But yeah, your point about like valuing Tesla, it's like if you think about it, like crypto is almost like if there's like a stock market, but it was all just like early stage Teslas. And it's like, there's a lot of, a lot of things might just be rocket ships and, and take off and just be great investments. Um, a lot of them are not going to do that. A lot of them um, might be Fiskers, which people yeah. probably don't even know. No, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's an early Tesla competitor. Oh, got it. Yeah. Like, you know, started like Uber, by some Uber, other Silicon like, Valley convert, you know, like, uh, remember Sidecar? I was an Uber competitor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. even Uber is not like profitable. Like a lot of these companies are not. Yeah. Pro it's just it's a different thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard to look at and be like, this is like I can tell you, yeah, sure, this might go up five x from here this year, but it also just went up three x in the last month. So. I don't know. It could also go down. Um, it's it's, yeah, it's very. It's only tricky. going to get weirder as more people get stimulus checks and behave responsibly with them. To be sure, um, 
I do, I tend to feel like somewhere in the 12 to 16 month range, we're going to see a return to fundamentals on both stocks and cryptos and a lot of unhappy bros. That's a nice but, euphemism for uh, a tank. Yeah, I, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if we make it out of this year in, if we make, if we spend this whole year in bear territory, um, I don't know if we'll still be doing the podcast. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll be yeah, here, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, no one knows. If anyone says they know, don't trust them. But, uh, you know, if, if you want to get involved, keep listening, send us questions. We'll do our best to answer them or at least tell you we don't know the answer straight right. to your face, straight to your ears. <laughs> and, why, and, and at least why we don't know the answer. Because yeah. in a lot of, you know, in a lot of cases, that's valuable because it's yeah. why you shouldn't trust anyone who says they do have the answer. Yeah. I think that's a core, that's the core aspect of this podcast is we i think we don't the things we know best we is we know what we don't know <laughs> right and and if we don't and, know and it I, and i like to think and i know if i don't know it because i haven't done the research or if i don't know it because it's unknowable right and that's yeah. the kicker right if it's unknowable then you shouldn't trust anyone who says they know it yeah yeah if i haven't yeah. done the research then you know i can tell you the things i have failed to read and you can go read them yourself <laughs> right exactly <laughs> Uh, all right well good catching up we'll see how next week goes uh talk to you then catch you later